I invite you to hear the Christmas story as told by Luke, Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go down to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph, and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for this holy night and for the privilege of celebrating the Christ child. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I love the Christmas season, and one of the things that happens in Christmas for us is that our home gets decorated very much with Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy is just one of the characters that we have around our house at, at Christmas time. He's all over the place. It, it started out because it's one of my wife's favorite characters, and then, you know, when you have little kids and you're going, what can we get mom? Let's get her a Snoopy. And the next year, what can we get mom? Let's get her a different Snoopy. And pretty soon, you know, when your kids are reaching 30, she's got some Snoopies now. It's a lot of fun. I even have a, a t-shirt that has Snoopy riding a Harley Davidson on it. I don't wear it everywhere when I'm riding my bike. It can get you in trouble. <laughs> but it's a, it's a lot of fun to be able to join together and celebrate. And one of the things we watch on a regular basis then around Christmas is the Charlie Brown Christmas Story. And you might remember it was first released in December of 1965. 
And it wasn't expected to be a hit. As a matter of fact, there was some reservation that this show may not really take off. It may not be received that well. But as a matter of fact, it, it won an Emmy. It won a Peabody. And it has been shown every year since its first showing in 1965. Why? Well, there's something about the story that just seems to touch our hearts. And I think it's something in the story, too, that we can sometimes relate to. You might remember that Charlie Brown is feeling a little bit down. It's Christmas season, and, well, he's just not really feeling it this year for some reason. He's kind of moping around, and, and he's telling his friends. He told Linus, I'm kind of depressed. I just uh, I don't understand this Christmas. I'm not, I just don't feel it. And then he, he is so desperate that he is willing to go to the booth where Lucy has psychiatric advice for only five cents. And he goes up to the booth, pulls out his nickel, presents it to her to give him this amazing advice, and she actually gives him some pretty decent advice. She tells him, maybe you should be more involved this year, that maybe what would help you is if you got more engaged with Christmas this year. So she actually talks him into, well, being the director of the pageant. Oh, he's excited about that. He can do that. He's got his little director's chair that's all set up and had director on the back of it. And, and he is ready to direct. And, and he calls everybody and places everyone. But he, he gets discouraged again because, well, the Christmas spirit isn't quite in the room yet. As a matter of fact, Snoopy who is the star of the show. Snoopy is more concerned about getting his little doghouse decorated for the, you know, the house Christmas decorating contest that's going on. That's more important to him right then. And, and then Lucy, instead of toys for Christmas, instead of the things that you would think most little girls want, Lucy instead is looking for real estate. I want real estate for Christmas. Nothing touches your heart like real estate for Christmas. She also is pretty consumed with the idea of being the Christmas queen, whatever a Christmas queen is. I guess, you know, every family's got one. And so, you know, she needed to be the Christmas queen for the show. And Charlie Brown's just kind of getting discouraged, especially when his own sister is filling out her Christmas list and she's got all this stuff and decides, you know what, if this is too complicated, I can take cash, preferably 10s and 20s. And Charlie begins to wonder, does anybody really know the true meaning of Christmas? And he gets this idea then that maybe, just maybe, if he went out and, and found a Christmas tree and brought a Christmas tree in, that that might would get everybody in the spirit. And so as he's heading out to get the tree, he gets the advice from Lucy that says, make sure you find a nice big aluminum one. Nothing says Christmas like aluminum. He goes out. And he finds this little tree. Doesn't have many branches on it. It's kind of a, a lonely looking little tree. And he decides that's the one. 
And he brings it back, and they're all just making so much fun of him and his little tree. And so he goes outside, and he's kind of down, and he goes by Snoopy's house, and he sees a little red ornament. He takes it off of Snoopy's house and puts it on his own tree, but that makes the tree fall over, and he just assumes that he killed the tree too. And, and he's really depressed, and he, he asks Linus, he asks them all, does anybody... Does anyone know the true meaning of Christmas? And Linus answers the question. He steps up and he reads the story from Luke chapter 2. There on the stage, all the lights dim down and it's just Linus. And he goes, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not. And he does the neatest little thing that we sometimes miss, and it's at that point that he drops his blanket, the little security blanket that he had always carried because the angel said, Fear not, and so he drops it. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying that was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And when he finishes, he goes walking over to Charlie Brown, stops in front of him and goes, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. When the others heard Linus tell the story, they got so excited, decorated up the little tree, and the last thing you hear is the whole group singing, Hark the herald, angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Christmas, it, it is so easy for us to get so caught up and busy that we wonder, does anyone really know the true meaning of Christmas? Does anyone know the true meaning of Christmas? Over the last several weeks, as we've been walking through the season of Advent, we, we've been talking about introducing Christ to Christianity or reintroducing Christ to Christianity, reintroducing Christ to Christendom, which is a culture, society in which Christianity is prevalent, and Christianity is prevalent all around us. There are churches all over the place here, and, and, and so Christian symbols and Christianity is all around, but how do we introduce Christ once again to Christianity? Introduce Christ to Christmas. 
It's the Danish theologian Soren Kierkegaard who said that it is easier to become a Christian when I'm not one than it is to become a Christian when I am one. Once we think we know the stories, once we think we know what God is going to say, it's harder for us sometimes to actually hear it. Dr. N.T. Wright, who is a great British biblical scholar and theologian, he said that trying to talk about Christmas is like trying to point something out to a dog. He said the dog has a tendency to focus more on the owner's hand than what they're pointing to. And they watch your hand instead. And and he said, that's kind of what we get with Christmas is we get distracted with everything else other than what God is actually trying to point to. And God is pointing to his only begotten son. This is a holy day, a holy night. This is God reaching out to us, God doing something extraordinary. This is the night where we celebrate that God really so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. And God is doing something amazing here. And what kind of response is God looking for? Is God looking for us to become highly religious people? I don't think so. As a matter of fact, when Jesus came to earth originally, the world was full of highly religious people. There were religions everywhere and religious people everywhere. And I don't think God is looking for us to become more religious. I think what God is looking for is a relationship. You know, we often talk about the younger generation who tends to be turning away from the church trying to ask, you know, is it relevant anymore? And I actually think they have a valid question. And I think our frustration should not be with the younger generation, but more with those of us who've been in the church for years who may have been teaching religion instead of relationship. For what God is looking for is a relationship, a genuine, authentic relationship with us, not just a religiosity. But relationships make us vulnerable. You have to be careful with a relationship. Relationships come when we open our hearts up and we have to be kind of honest. And just like when you fall in love the first time and it just kind of makes you nervous because somebody in the relationship is going to have to say it first. And you really hope that the other one's going to respond. So finally you open up the nerve and you, you finally decide now's the time and you, you just kind of lay it out there and go, I just... I love you, and you lay it out there, and you're going, please, God, let them answer. Please, God, let them answer. Because the last thing you want to hear is, aw, thank you. I mean, you want to hear somebody respond back and go, I love you, too. That's when you can go, Christmas, I think, is about God becoming incredibly vulnerable. It's about God wanting a relationship to the point that God is willing to lay it all out there. That God is willing to risk it all. And God has just simply said, you know, I, I love you all so much. I, I'm going to put it all on the line. I, I'm offering to you my only begotten son because I love you desperately. I love you dearly. And I'm giving you everything I've got right now. That's Christmas. And the response that God is looking for is for us to respond and go, and I love you too. Christmas is about God becoming so vulnerable to say those amazing words. I love you. Recently, I I saw on uh, 60 Minutes, they were doing a a thing on the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. 
and uh, in particular, a holy site known as Lalabella. And, and it's, it's just really an interesting site because in Ethiopia, it's kind of a, a mountainous area where they, instead of building churches on the site, they actually carved them out. So there's not, you know, churches built up with blocks and other things. They literally went into the stone mountain and carved out the churches. So it's made of one big piece of stone. There are like 11 churches that are built into it and, and Christians gather together to worship. And they were sharing that over 200,000 people joined together there to celebrate Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve, their worship services begin on Christmas Eve night and continue all night long until the beginning of Christmas Day. So get comfortable. They sing the songs, they offer the chants, and Scott Pelley was asking the question, what are you sharing in the chants? And, and so one of the priests was sharing that, what we're sharing is, is that God so loved us, and, and rather than God being frustrated with us and turning away from us, God has loved us and God has offered us forgiveness. He's offered to make us his children again. And, and then the priest said, Christmas is the day that forgiveness was born. I thought that was just a neat statement. Christmas is the day. The forgiveness is born. Christmas is a holy, holy time. If you ever wondered if you were loved, all you've got to do is look at Christmas. Because Christmas is the time when God laid everything on the line. I'll give you everything I've got. I'll give you my only begotten son. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. 